hanging out with Anthony Savinsky of 360 Magazine's auto department, but he's also a crypto fan, and we're here chilling in LA. I had a layover at a convention, hanging out with the Wynn Hotel, and we have a we had a, an opportunity to speak, and he's here today. He wants to talk to us about some of the crypto because he's been investing in it for quite some time. And how you doing, man? I'm doing great, thanks. Cool. So Anthony, tell us how long have you been in the crypto space and what made you want to get involved in it? Uh, I've been in the crypto space since, I guess, the first hype cycle, which was uh, 2017, 2018. So for those, of, for those of us who are not familiar with the hype cycle, can you explain what that is? So basically, the hype cycles when everybody's hearing about crypto going up, everybody's bidding the price of Bitcoin, Ether, and like other altcoins up. But basically, there's like hysteria of like trying to get in the market and make money. And that's the hype cycle. And uh, I guess so far, there's been two 2018, and then obviously during the pandemic was number two, like the big ones. But um, the hype cycle is also like an adoption cycle. So each hype cycle brings more and more users to the network or to the networks, brings more attention to it. So you can think of like each of those cycles as onboarding more people to crypto and, and uh, just bringing more awareness to, to like the public. So those and are to the NFT space as well, obviously, because it's... Kind of yeah, so the NFT space was kind of like innovated um, during COVID. So a lot of stuff happened like DeFi. Um, Can you explain what DeFi is for everybody? That's so new. like decentralized finance is basically there's no third party entities um, in between transactions. So everything's on smart contracts. So you can like loan money, borrow money. Um, you can put money in, in pools and liquidity pools to fund exchanges and everything's held by code. So um, you don't need, everybody knows what they own and there's no like third party counter risk basically. And as far as we know, it's run by nobody. Right. <laughs> so... Or that's basically some what, and some that's basically what DeFi is. And what does Web three mean to you? Uh, Web three. So, I mean, so like Web three, as I understand it, at least like something I read. Um, so like Web one, or just the web, was just like search engine, basically, or like communication space mm -hmm. and then web two was you can search and then you can also blog and you can, can you can host content and uh it's and more inter it's more interactive chat. Chat. yeah it's more interactive so now you can be like a part of the internet which was like you can max space yeah you can provide content have viewers etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, whereas web one was just like, you can only search, you couldn't input, um, as you can in web two and then web three, I guess how, 
I guess what it's moving to is like you own the content as, as far as I believe. So like basically when you post stuff and you host stuff, it's always through like a third party via like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, they all own your content. You post on there and it's theirs. It's not yours. You use their platform. Wait, can and you so, say that one more time so people can understand what you just said? People don't understand that when you voluntarily put that button that says terms and conditions and that you acknowledge that you're... People don't read the fine print. I mean, sometimes I don't either, let's be honest. But when you push that button, you're giving them the rights to your photos, your content, your videos, correct? Yeah, but like at first we didn't care, right? Because it wasn't monetized. It was just like, oh, let's share pictures with our friends and family, whatever, whatever. But now it's become like a business, right? And so now there's like huge followings and there's channels, YouTube channels, and people are monetizing that. And, you know, you only get a fraction. As far as I understand, you only get a fraction of that viewership or of that engagement. And most of it's ad dollars via Google or what have you. And so with Web3, um, Like it's not it's not developed yet but like what i feel like they're trying to do is like Just you own ownership. the content yeah. and, you, and you have direct relationship with your audience and so you can engage with them and you can um and they can exchange with you exchange value with you and that's all like um i guess funneled to you instead of into like a third-party business and then you get a fraction of it it's like direct to user. Um, and then a part of that, I guess, is like, as far as like getting a part of that, like also on the, on the viewer end, you're more engaged with like whoever you interact with, you're invested in them. And also as like you expand, you benefit more than I guess you do with like web two. And also you're taking on. It's still, it's still like very new though. Right, yeah. really. it's like 5G. It's, it's hard. It's like it's like 5G is very new. It's basically a thought experiment right now, but that's basically what's what I, I feel like it's headed to. And so it's trying to like displace like YouTube and like it's already happening. And Spotify and all that. Yeah. Um, so that you get like more engagement from your fans, and, and then also, you're able to monetize that. Yeah, and then you get the royalties NFT, and all that. Yes, yeah, so the yeah. NFT market, correct? Yeah. So can you explain to us what NFT means to you? NFTs? Yeah. Uh, so I guess like NFTs is like digital ownership, basically. So like, I guess um, when we do stuff on the internet, I guess like the internet is just like, a, it's basically like a, Information source. Or it's information source, but it's like a, a highway. It's like a highway, like a like train tracks. It's like an economy, like the internet economy, basically. And before you couldn't really own anything on the internet via because other third party entities own it and you operate on their platform. Um, and although there'll be like, I guess, crypto platforms and you mm -hmm. operate on them, you benefit off that more than you would on web two platform where they take a cut. Um, but again, like, I guess, I don't know, man, I have to look into audience and stuff, but 
Yeah. They already have like some stuff going on where like audience is like a Spotify and the incentives are a lot better. But it's still like kind of like in the works. Like you don't really know what it's gonna do yet. But we're all just trying to figure out what can we what can we invest our time, money, energy into. So for like a lot of people I always tell them like if you can buy a drink at the bar, you can buy like a couple of dollars or you know, you can set aside a couple of dollars a week or a month for uh, a coin, which uh, is a token. For me, an NFT is nothing but like a, a QR code or an ISBN number for a book, you know, but it's decentralized. There's no governing body that's overseeing it, like the U.S. government. Um, and that we know that that's the first or it's one of many. You can copy. Um, the Solana blockchain um, is making a little bit more sense in terms of publishing for music owning a non-tangible item as well as a tangible item because it just has that built-in royalty those smart e-contracts those e-smart contracts the only thing is is like people like myself i don't like doing tedious things so i try to put together a team of people who i trust and i know or i'm affiliated with in such a way that they're not going to rip me off because smart e-smart e e-contracts they're so different and it's a lot of work I'm just all about, I'm trying to put together, you know, the actual content and or digital art and or the tangible item that could be one of the bottles that we did in Crystals, in crystals you know, or an e-bike or whatnot. So we have to figure out, I guess eventually I will have to learn the minting space, but it's very tedious and I get, you know, with my ADD. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I want to do all that. I mean... Because you don't, because I asked you several times. I mean, all, like... Literally all the companies are like trying to figure out how crypto, NFTs, and so like crypto itself, like there's like Bitcoin and that's like a whole different like ball game. So like when you think of crypto in terms of like utility and like what the regular person uses as far as like NFTs and all like the engaging content that's all not bitcoin so that that's usually like solana ethereum or another layer one mm -hmm. um blockchain and so and so like so like what is it you're fine it's just all oh, the screen just turns out but yeah you're fine so yeah I mean, yeah, I mean, so what's going on in the market right now that you see or forecast? I mean, as we all know, like if you've been invested, everything's been crushed recently, as it usually gets crushed, I guess. I mean, like, I guess these are the cycles now, right? So, like, somehow crypto always gets crushed. Why are these cycles getting crushed? 80%. But, like, why do you think they get crushed? So, so, I mean, last cycle, usually crypto is tied to, like, the money supply um, of, the like, the U.S. government, so the M2 supply, and all that has cycles, right? And so, like, in 2018, when there was, like, a big boom in crypto and everybody was getting aware of it and there was a big hype cycle, there wasn't much, like, utility behind it as there is now, and people were just, like, bidding prices. And so the Fed comes in around that time um, 
And it seems to be whenever crypto is going crazy, as of now, like two times in a row, that when crypto goes nuts, I guess we're at the end of, uh, right, the end of like a business cycle, which means the Fed raises interest rates to slow growth, to tame inflation, um, to like bring the economy. The fiat currency economy. Yeah, like the fiat currency economy back to like its senses. And so like things get wild and the Fed raises interest rates, which makes money more expensive to borrow and use, including like margin um, and, and everything. So it just shrinks the money supply. It's just harder to get dollars now. Whereas before it was really easy and, and those people take more risk. And that's why you see like inflated prices and assets, crypto, stocks, etc. So how has your crypto investments been going so far? Because before, I know you were raving about it. I mean, like, I've been through both of the cycles. And, oh, and both, wow. Both so, times, I made a lot of money. What was the first I, cycle? I lost a lot of money. Was that your, was 2018, I just mentioned. Okay, so 2018 yeah. was your first cycle. Can you just give us a round figure? Or can you just tell us which cycle, what's the percentage of losses have you had? I don't know, like 2018... I don't know how much money I put in, but I know I was like making an okay amount back then, which was like 2018. How many years ago was that? Six, five, six years ago? Five years ago, like roughly. And it was okay. Like the money was just like your account's just blowing up. It's just going up every day. And then you're like, all right, like this is going to go on. Like this, it'll stabilize. I won't drop like a lot. So then you kind of just like hold it. But it, it, it tends to tank more than you'd like, right? And so back then, I like sold it at a loss. Um, and then I kind of like swore it off. And I was like, no, I'm good on crypto. And I got into stocks. And, you know, that was going okay. What have you. And then like during the pandemic. What kind of stocks were you investing in? Things you know? Uh, like things I know. Like things I use. Like Apple, Microsoft. During the pandemic, like Farfetch, all like the, basically all like the internet companies, all the tech companies, um, I was doing that. Plus there's like the mass fucking stock hysteria and like during COVID. So I was like participating in all that, like AMC and all that stuff. Um, but while that was happening, crypto was like starting to pick up and I was like, I wrote it off and then like Chris. Chris Gates? Yeah. Yeah. Chris, Chris was talking about crypto, and I was like, uh, I don't know, bro. And Chris is like one of our members of our street team, and also like a family member. Yeah. And, and a good friend of ours. And Chris swore by it, and like he was like taking classes on it, and he was like, yo, like crypto is going to do this and that. And like, I guess I like didn't believe it, because like back then, I guess I was just buying it because the price was going up, but I didn't know like exactly what like crypto was. And so then Chris is like saying like, this is going to be like, change the world, whatever, whatever. And I was like, eh, I don't know, man, I got burned on it. But then I started to get back into it. Um, partly because prices are going up. That always like makes people interested, right? Including myself. So then I got back into it and like the hype was real. And so then started researching more and, investing more and kind of learning more about like the crypto space and why it sold off last time. I guess like last time I didn't know 
why it sold off. And then, and then you realize it's all correlated to like money supply and like the Fed's rate hikes. And so basically we're in another rate hike right now where the Fed is trying to tame like, I guess, record high inflation. So when you do the Fed, are they doing increasing transaction fees or gas fees? No, they're just increasing rate hikes. So like the cost to borrow money. And so that kind of stunts yeah, growth. Yeah. Right? Like you're like, I want to borrow money to like to do buy a house and rent it out, or I want to buy to build, or I want to like, like 17 or 19. Yeah, you need to borrow money, right? So like, before crazy. the interest rate was at 0%. Right. During COVID to stimulate growth because the economy shut down, right? So interest rates since zero, money was basically free, plus there was stimulus. So like there's just money like rampant, right? So like you can fund anything. And so like now, um, crypto went crazy because of that, as well as stocks and stocks got crushed. And I think the difference between this cycle and the last cycle was that stocks didn't get crushed as much as crypto last cycle, but now they're kind of correlated. And so like, you can see the adoption of like crypto correlating to just like risk on risk off with equities. And so now they're kind of like riding tandem, right? So they kind of like move together. Whereas like crypto was flat for years, stocks were going up, everybody left crypto alone. Now crypto's more on the radar. So it's actually part of like people's, um, I guess like risk assessment. So like if like the stock market's not doing well, technically at this point, like crypto's not gonna do well, which is a good thing because the stock, stocks over time go up, you know, um, as they're intended to, right? And so it's a good thing that they're correlated to stocks now, um, at least to the upside, and unfortunately to the downside now. But you can kind of bet that if like the stock market recovers and the Fed backs off rate hikes, if inflation's tamed and all that, like crypto recovers. So it's just a matter of time. Because um, there's like lots of intellectual capital going to crypto now. Um, so I've read and researched that, you know, every engineer and every smart person is trying to do something in crypto. Because um, it's like a new frontier, right? And so there's a whole economy there that's still being developed that's like in its early stages. But like the groundwork of the internet's already laid out. And so it, it just gives like crypto like a platform that accelerate really fast. And it's happening, like you see it on PayPal, you see it um, on Robinhood, like anywhere, like it's I guess everywhere. it's not, I guess it's not so on it's like, like Merrill and all that. It's not it's on like every the, checkout station. It's, it's not on like the traditional finance stuff. Well, it's on every place like, where you, it's a fashion stuff, brands, everybody. Yeah, it's all on the brands and because everything. Because what it is is uh, WooCommerce is the checkout yeah. and they're owned by PayPal. And now PayPal yeah. is starting to invest in that. Venmo and all yeah, that. Yeah, and they all allow you to buy crypto now. Right. So, like, if you look at the groundwork, it's like, why is everybody laying the railroads for crypto? Because they understand that and the, the it's, not going, it's, there. it's not, it's the, yes, and it's not going anywhere. It's, not it's going already anywhere. there. It's already there. It's already in the marketplace. And so, I, I've gotten paid in crypto. Like, yes, back so real estate. Somebody real. paid me in, in ETH. It was like $700 back then. Yeah. And I get, and that just goes to what we were saying about NFTs. Yeah. But non-fungible tokens, you, you know, it could be tangible or non-tangible. 
which means it could be a service or a tangible item. For me, I'm just trying to figure out like, do I want to house the tangible item or do I want to give it to someone if they bought, buy it all right? It's just a lot of things you have to think about when you're doing the tangible goods. And then because especially if they're delicate, um, but for the service, it's fine. It's a great way if you're offering NFT as a service, it's easier for you to get into the crypto world because you're getting paid. You have to oh, yeah. know. But, the, but again, when it comes to minting, like some people understand it, it's easy business on OpenSea, but people have to understand NFTs are not just digital art. They can come in the form of anything, you know, with a price tag. Um, and Sam saying that, have you done or th thought about doing any NFTs for? I mean, honestly, I haven't bought any NFTs. And why? One, I just don't know how. Um, Use Coinbase or MetaMask on OpenSea or SoulSea. Yeah, I just I just haven't bought any, and maybe it's like my conviction in NFTs. Maybe I just don't like believe in it as much right now. But NFC to me, okay, so digital currency to me, which is crypto, which is like the art, but like the art, like like it's what not I'm art. At it's not art. NFTs aren't art; they're a token. So if you are, if you're a destination, and I go, if I, okay, if I travel to a destination. And instead of the destination just giving me a trip, if I want to have a part of this experience, I want a part of it. They can set, they can give they can gift an NFT, a percentage of that space. Once they you know they build it, yeah, into, right. So same thing with like a, a record, an album. So your fans can um, they get they can, they can support an indie artist, and the indie artist could also support their fans. So as their album grows, they'll get royalties and they get more crypto. Yeah, no, 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 but it's just not. It's just not digital. People think it's just digital. It's not. It could be because we have a, an encrusted bottle, of, you know, the three sixty and swatch of crystals, which is a price of about six thousand dollars. Because you know, I mean, I guess it can represent physical. Yeah, and it's going to physical objects, right? Yeah, and so that's what they're one off. Most of them are one off. Yeah, and it's this contract. Yeah, it's a smart contract. And so it's like verifiable. It's right. Clear. Yeah. It's All right. So like. So what's your main hesitancy? I don't know. I haven't found anything that I like or the things that I like or oh. interested in or hype, right? Well, so what kind of things do you like? What kind of things do you like? I like the hype stuff, right? So mm -hmm. like you look into it, it's like D-Gods, right? Since so like one of my clients um, was approached by D-Gods to like do something for them, merch or whatever. But it was like via Solana, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess he, he worked for... Hearts, um, what was it? Hearts. It was like Hearts Project on Ethereum. Mm -hmm. So he's gotten approached by like a couple crypto companies, and that's kind of where I was like, okay, this is like something. And then along with Vaughn, obviously, he was on Solana and did NFTs, and it's very, it's very. I mean, it's a, it's a trial and error. But like I said before, yeah, everything is right now. Right, right? but the it's one new it's NFTs new. are so new. It's but for me, it's like if I have a collaborative project that we have within our association or agency, why not share it with the world? One, two, or offer it to the world and actually use some of the proceeds for community service or to help another person's life. And in addition to that, for us as a brand, 360 Magazine Inc. or 360 Trademark Company, you know, why not be searchable on these engines? Yeah. So for me, it's really about searchability 
marketability, yeah. um, accessibility, um, sustainability, uh, and just, you know, just j just in case something happens to, you know, the internet or, you know, it upscales to something else. I mean, because another thing I found too in the internet, being a, a, a very searchable person, Von Laurie, full name, I've seen searches disappear. So I'm not quite sure what that's about or if people are taking things down, their websites are getting too big. So what I found is um, a lot of people should watch their name and their searches and articles in the media for themselves because things are changing. So I feel like as, as much as we can engage within all these digital formats and diversify all of our portfolios, because back in the day in my era, you know, it was Microfish at the library. You know, these little scan film things that you got to go through to look up articles about somebody in 1920. Now it's the internet, you know, and now I've noticed things on the internet have been shadow banned or suppressed in searches for whatever reason. So it's in your best interest to control your content on your own digital content and have access or be available on certain websites. I mean, well, that's what crypto is supposed to do, right? Exactly. It's like, it's like censorship resistance. Exactly. And so you're able to operate on the internet as you like, right? Um, and that's important these days because everybody's getting blocked or banned or what have you. Right. right? People are verified sources and you're blocked and banned. And it's just like. And you're restricted under the platform's restrictions, right? So um, crypto is supposed to be completely censorship resistant. So. You do what you want on the platform, on the internet, via cryptography. And, that, and, and that's kind of like that, right? So um, it gives more freedom of like using the internet because that's basically what we're all on, right? Like from phones, texting, what have you, that's all, that's all internet, that's all like metaverse. Like if you look around, everybody's in their phone. Like, that's technically what's, like, kind of happening right now. And so, um, with all that traffic, like, on the internet and stuff, you have to be able to own some of that, right? Right. Just it's, like... It's digital, it's digital real estate. Digital property. And that's, and that's like, saying. Bitcoin's main fucking and so it's value SEO, prop. And search engine optimization, SEO, being able to understand keywords and um, words that are prominent during, that, during the space that we're in or the pop culture climate of the world not just america the world you know right now there's a war it's a, it's, yeah it's a yeah. global it's a, it's a global thing and people yeah. don't understand that it's because not when, just like america it's yeah like, and when i was trying all these blockchains are fucking around the world right and then sometimes and you kind of forget that sometimes. yes you forget that and some of the blockchains are blocked in some parts of the world so pandora was at one point when, China, I, yeah, when I lived in certain countries like indonesia you cannot even get pandora you can get certain channels on the internet or apps so the thing is is that now we have to understand that if you want to remain relevant and viable, and if you have a brand, or if you don't have a brand, you better realize that you are a brand. Your name is a brand at this point. You know, we are all brands. There's no such thing as we work for companies. You work for the company and you work for yourself. And so people have to realize in order to empower yourself, you have to like start your own brand, start your own company, or start looking at yourself as if you are a brand. Because that's what it's going toward. That's what it's always been. So what it what, so what's oh go ahead. Yeah. I know what we're gonna say. 
No, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, can you elaborate on what you're about to say? And oh, wait, can you elaborate on the state of, or why haven't you? Um, of NFT so, deal. Yeah, and why? Because you told us about you not, or you told us about the crash or what's happening with, with yeah. the crypto world, and so because of that, in the first time, and now we're going into it the second time. Have you ever thought about diversifying your portfolio even further? And if so, I guess you kind of. So like with each crash, I guess it's like more of an adoption cycle, right? So everybody gets more aware of it. Each time crypto has these crazy prices, right? And so like the only the only thing I realized that's different is that crypto wasn't alone in this crash. Like stocks crash a lot, along with like so crypto is notorious, notoriously known for volatility and like big swings, but a lot of stocks actually fell just more than or equal to crypto. And so then you're like, why? Is they crypto say, that volatile? They, they say more resilient. Yeah, is a lot crypto, of crypto that? Stays more resilient. Is crypto that volatile? I don't know because I don't like know either because crypto to me is like I said before earlier. Like stocks are dropping just as much. And, and what is crypto? Can you define crypto to you, cryptocurrency, in one sentence? I know I gave you a lot right now, but to me, it's a digital accounting system. So it's like, you know, it is what it is. It's checks and balances of... Well, yeah. Yeah. But is that how it's a ledger. You, that's, it's a ledger. Is that, so how, is that how you feel, too? I feel like it's... So, like, I guess, like, the intention of crypto is that you own what you use when you're on the network. Right, so like, if you buy into the network to like use the coins to do stuff, like you own all of that. It's not owed to anybody. You own it. It's yours. You can take it off the exchange. You can go every, like. There's no uh, what is it? Like I guess like banks do it a lot where they they loan money they don't have, right? And so that's how they like create money. Right, so they loan you money, you pay it back, and that creates money. But they loan the money out of thin air. Which is where inflation comes in and the Fed comes in. And so like with crypto, when when you when you buy, when you exchange. Wait, what do you mean you, loan money out of thin air? Like so like how like just elaborate for people that are like, Alright, so like banks to create like money, to create like growth and expansion, right? It's all done via like credit, right? And so like, how, how, how do you get money into the system, right? You make money cheap and you make it easy to borrow, right? So then the bank can loan you money, technically, that the Federal Reserve allows and, and that creates a debt, right? And so once that money is loaned, there's a debt and that creates a new money supply. And so um, they allow the banks to loan so much money and they give these parameters. And so basically they're loaning you money that doesn't exist. But once it's loaned, that money's owed and now that money exists via, interest. via your effort, right? So like whatever you do economically working to pay that money back, that's how the money's created, right? So that value is created kind of out of thin air via loans and whatnot, kind of, sort of. Right, that's what I think too. I mean, that's that's real. Yeah. That's the truth. 
But also, I feel like it's so weird because the economy that we have put in place is based on you owing debt. And it's yeah. kind of like when you're debt free, you're penalized for being a debt free person. Yeah, you're so, incent- like, so you're incentivized to have debt. You're incentivized to have debt. But if you're going to do that, I always tell all my friends, including my new version of myself, to not use more than 10% of any credit I have. And if I have to go anywhere up above that, I would say no more than 20%. Because you can go up to 30%, but why? To me, you should only use those credit cards when you know you got that money, when you have that money in the bank, and you pay it off immediately, like an American Express. But if but any credit card company, they look at all that stuff. So it's like the more you pay off those cards, the, the higher your, uh, you know, the, the algorithm is in, you know, in your favor. Your debt ratio goes down, you know, uh, your credit score goes up, which, so you can get more money. Yeah, I mean. But you don't, but you don't want to have a high debt ratio. Yeah, so you then, all this credit then you gotta balance it, right? Yeah, so you gotta be careful because your credit score goes down, which means that you're no longer credit worthy. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they just want to see your ability to pay, right? Right. So like, how long you money pay? And, and you'll pay it. And, and most people pay back, every right? once a month. Yeah. Like you, you should never pay minimum payments. You should be paying. Like sometimes I'll pay every day. Every time I get yeah. the money, I'll pay, pay, pay. Yeah, pay. I mean, you gotta knock it out, right? Yeah, knock Otherwise, it out. Otherwise, you you pay on that interest and you're losing money, right? Yeah. So you're you're paying more than what. Whatever you bought, you're paying more. Or you right? get one of those cards like Citibank balance transfers where... where you get 0% um, interest zero, for 18 months. Oh, no, no. Now some of them are 21 months with the Simplicity card and oh, the preferred. So then you can you can capitalize on that, right? Yes. And so... That's I've also been seeing a lot about like this record credit card openings now. Oh, yeah. Oh. There's tons. Because what is happening is since we're all in the pandemic, people have been... I feel like uh, myself included... Uh, you know, we've uh, certain people, certain marginalized communities. It feels as if they're the ones that are complaining. They have things in their credit report that are not supposed to be there. So there's consumer reports, and there's all different kind of agencies in place to. to I mean, there's a lot of people opening credit cards too. Of course, but just be cautious of what kind of credit card you're getting because it's, you know, what kind of incentives are you having on that credit card? Do you want to have that credit card so you can like a baller, or do you have that credit card because it's giving you cash back? You want that credit card because it has gives you access, or do you want to roll over your uh, your money on you know all your debt onto that one card, yeah. and you get twenty one months to you know zero. I mean, technically, you don't want to use a credit card unless at all, at all. But some of the new, um, but like if you, you want to capitalize on the rewards, right? So yeah. you use it and you pay it off, and then you get the rewards, and then you get bonuses. And they, kind of, and they lose, but most people hold the balance, and they pay the interest, and the bank makes money on it. And and then on on the other end. Um, like, not only do they make money on it, but that's okay. But like, I kind of look at like the credit sometimes if you're in the right position to kind of use the credit card as a, uh, as a segue to like free up cash for other stuff. Right. Right. And so it gives you like credit line, right? So like or save me but, cash for other stuff. Invest or you just need have you, exactly. You just want to have a buffer. So you use the credit card and you know you can pay it off and you have that free cash flow to do other stuff with, right? And so I've done that a couple times to where like I have the money for it, but like I don't want to use the money to pay the credit card, right? I want to use that money for other stuff that can make money and I'm comfortable with the interest rate. 
Icon has. If you do have a revolving balance. Yeah, if you have a revolving balance. And so then you can kind of manage your money that way. Um, a lot of credit cards have products right now that allow you, like Citibank, if you, but you, we are know like certain credit cards that offer people in certain credit levels, certain things that people don't have access to. But I always tell people, you know, that when I was debt free, I was, you know, I, I, my, before debt, before um, I was debt free, you know, I had loans, all this stuff. I got rid of all that stuff, get rid of all the college loans. I didn't get any more credit cards. And then I tried to apply for one, get denied. I got, I joined Experian.com or Credit Karma, whatever. I think Experian.com is what a lot of credit lawyers, um, particularly some of my frat brothers who are credit lawyers, they would tell me to get in. They're right for now. I don't know how the government's going to be changing this game with these credit systems. But the great thing is, is some of these credit card companies, I mean, these credit systems, they actually teach you how to get your um, score up higher. They have blogs about it. They tell you what credit cards you need. They tell you to connect accounts to it. To you connect a business account to it, put your put your um, socials to it, which I'm a little bit kind of, eh, but at the same time, mm, why not? So it's like you have to realize that if even paying your Netflix bill, paying your Netflix bill is like a utility bill. It boosts your credit score. Um, I can only talk about what I know, and I've seen it done in real time with Experian Boost, um, as well as your water and power, your electricity, uh, anything you pay, your, your T-Mobile bill. I mean, I, that boosts your credit. Nothing. Yeah, you put it. You get cash back, though. and you get it, but you put it on if you put it on your experience, or whatever your it'll are. boost up your credit score. Yeah. You have a boost system, so if you pay like three times in a row on auto pay, people don't realize that yeah. we all gotta pay. We all gotta pay somebody back anyway. But I just, I, I know mentally, it feels like I'm in a, a financial jail. You know, that, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, so I won't. I don't it feels wanna, really. I bad. never want to owe more than zero dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an yeah. overhead. Yeah. I hate it. It's over here. So if you have Because you're like, I owe it. And then you're like, fuck. But the great you can't thing, even do anything with But you. the great thing with you is you have different sources of income and things that you're doing. And you do other things like personal training. And you're always constantly getting paid from different sources, yeah. right? So, I mean, for you, it's a little different. So, so for some people that don't have a, a, an incentive schedule, I mean, it's an incentive uh, compensation package or... Um, uh, you know, a business where they can get different amounts of money at different times yeah. or even accessibility to tips. It's just kind of like, you got to be careful because you work in a nine to five and you don't, you, you don't know where your next big, pay, your big payout is coming from yeah. besides that one little bonus. So I feel like that's the danger zone. Yeah. When you working for yourself. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to dig yourself a hole. Yeah. A hundred percent. You can easily like rack it up. But it's like, feel like you can't. What are you racking it up for? That's what I'll be asking people. Like, why are you spending money you don't have? It's interesting. I mean, I guess it's with anything. It makes more sense with like a house, obviously, because that appreciates. A car, maybe. Well, it's always some, a bad investment. Some houses didn't appreciate when when Floyd, when Floyd, George Floyd got kneeled in his neck. People lived in Minnesota, you know, certain parts of what is it, Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, house prices drop, but like you own it, right? So like, whatever. or do you really own the house if you you're getting a mortgage from a bank? That's the question. Well, the bank owns it until you pay it off. So you still pay property taxes. Yeah, sometimes HOA fees. So like, you're paying property taxes, but it's your property. It's just so you're paying the state. For no, so there's like a there's a whole. So thing it's like, do you really own that property? <laughs> Who knows, That's what right? I'm saying. It's like so much BS. 
So I know a lot of people are starting to buy it's, in it's Mexico. Like China. Yeah. And if you can't pay for something or pick up your car right off the bat, then it's kind of, or in the next three months, it's like, what up? Like, you know, just be prepared. Invest in properties or invest in properties. But the world we live in right now is about diversifying your portfolio. Everything's changing. The markets are changing. We don't even know this. We don't, a lot of people don't understand the crypto market, but at least you should still, you know, try to try it out. Like dabble. Dabble in it. If you can, if you I mean, have extra dollars, but I don't think you should put your life savings into it. It's definitely what made about, a lot of people and broke a lot of people multiple times. Um, I guess it depends on your risk tolerance. Um, but if you're looking at the crypto market as a whole and you're looking at its adoption curve and, and where it could go and where it is now, I don't think it's it's, going it's, a, it's a risky, obviously because of the swings, it's a risky investment, right? But the volatility goes both ways. Goes to the downside and to the upside. So if you're like comfortable with the downside, you can kind of like bank on the upside, right? Um, over like a longer period of time. So it's like a long duration asset, right? Right. Because you're, you're banking on the future of crypto. And like as be, of right now, it's tomorrow though. Yeah, as of tomorrow, we never know. As I mean, of right now, it's a boom and bust, right? So it goes up, it goes down, people get hyped, people use it, people fall off. And, but it, it keeps on trucking, right? Have you ever seen any, uh, what kind of variations in crypto in terms of the, uh, you know, just its, its uh, value when it comes to the pandemic and now with this new monkeypox? What are you seeing? Because it, it, it seems like it, it kind of crashed, you said. Well, it crashed along with equities when inflation was starting to get out of control. How does it, how does it, how does it, how does the, the, the uh, some of these pandemics? Well, in the they, pandemic, the money supply has increased, right? Like a fuck ton. Like for businesses and everything. Like the money supply was fucking insane. And so that money has to chase something, right? And so like everybody was at home and it was chasing stocks, right? Nobody could work. Or so they're like, chasing or they're streaming. Or they're buying cars. So like the car market got Why would you buy too, a car? Right? Because like the money was free, right? Everybody I don't know if everybody's buying buying car because as a person as a person that works in the, the uh, everybody was getting unemployment. Well, right yeah. now, I don't know. The car market was doing well for certain manufacturers, but a lot of manufacturers yeah. weren't selling cars. And so, like, the used car market particularly. But that's a bad market to get into, right? Don't you feel? It is, but it you got, got hot you got because buy. people got free money, right? But so you people buy. were working and they got unemployment. What do you think about the used car market if you're not buying it for collectability? Cause car, so there's some cars... Obviously, that, cars are a bad investment, right? So like, Can you tell us why you feel that way? So people can understand I mean, why. They, they go down in value immediately. As soon as you drive with a lot. It's, it doesn't hold its value. What about Kelly? Unless it's an enthusiast car, right? So like, unless people like to drive the car, mm -hmm. there's a utility to it. Like, utility is everything, right? So like, most cars are just like, A to B. You can think of that as like, no utility. It's just like, I need it, whatever. But then there's like, sports cars and more higher end cars that hold value because people like to drive them. And there's a certain market for that. And so then those cars hold their value yeah, over like time. Yeah, like Jalen, right? <laughs> yeah, and those cars hold their value over time because they're fun to drive and they're the best engineering of that generation. So they kind of like cement a moment in time. Yeah, like an LFT. Like, what is it called? Uh, NFT. Well, no, no, no. Car, the, what, the, 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 what was that car that Lexus had? They don't kill me. Um, 
it's, it's like uh, on the same. It looks like an LC five hundred is the LFA. LFA. That's a that's a beautiful car. The LFA. Remember that car? Beautiful car. I have to look it up. Um, like you said, Lamborghinis. But even the yeah, even the initial version of the Infinity, those cars were yeah. uh, two thousand. Uh, they submit a moment in time. Right? Yeah, or ninety nine um, BMW three series. And so they they hold their value. And usually it's the sports cars of the brand, right? So like because it it'll it'll have the top engineering. And they're also that's available. There's only so many there's only time and space. And there's right? so many available. Yeah. And it's also limited because yeah. like sports cars, it's not like for the general public, right? Mm-hmm. It's an enthusiast-driven market, and so there's like, there's just gonna be like ten thousand maybe sometimes vehicles maybe available, less. maybe sometimes. less, right? And so then it makes it also rare, but those tend to hold their value a little bit better. But like for the average car, you're getting no, they 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 drop. And then your insurance payments for uh, full coverage from a reputable company that's going to make sure you... People don't understand, when you get insurance for those cars, first of all, you don't want to get the bare minimum to, 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 to make your bank happy. Yeah. You want to get one that's going to have uninsured motors, you want, you want medical li- you know, liability, medical... Uh, you want to get medical compensation, yeah. you want to get renter's insurance. I don't... If I, if I have a, a used Mercedes G-Class or something like that, I don't want to have $50... Yeah reimbursement per day like that's not that's pretty yeah. dumb if you look at your insurance packages you will notice that you can get you can up it to sometimes 100 250 in certain states um, but and and we have to realize that and when your car is older you're going to pay more insurance those parts are hard to find right sometimes depends depends on the car you want full coverage i'm not talking about liability if i'm going to buy a car yeah i mean I, like I full want, coverage I've seen typically people, for like older cars would be cheaper because where they say normally older cars are more money because it's hard to find the parts. They're not readily available. They're, they're, it's not in demand. They're less expensive to fix though than like newer cars. I don't know. You should look into that. I do. I have to look into it. But I, I think so. Like off the top of my head, that's I don't funny. know about that. I could be wrong. I don't yeah, know. you might right. because a lot of the old the, the used car market, you know, those cars cost more. And also, you can have a car that you like so much that's used. It could be on the bucket list, you know, and you have to check the cars. What is it? Uh, the CarMax, where you buy that thing? The CarMax. Yeah. The CarMax. So, yeah, and, the, and those things. Yeah. Yeah. No comment on that. Yeah. But, yeah, so basically, so you've been diversifying your portfolio with, obviously, on this topic of cars, crypto and stocks. Are you still having the same percentages of all those? I'm kind of like all in on crypto. Wow. Um, so you feel like this hit? Did you really feel it? Obviously, because it's like yeah, of course. So like I also I also got in early, and so like I was up a lot. So you didn't. So, it so it's kind of like a wash, right? But why didn't you? Pull but kind out? of like last time. Why you didn't pull out? Like, like what made you? Because you kind of like you never know how far it's going to draw down, right? So then you're like, all right, I'll accept. Maybe it drops like twenty percent, thirty percent. And then keeps trucking, but then it drops eighty percent, and then you're like, "Yo, what?" Because you're following the space, and then you're like, "Yeah, like I, I see what's going on. You see the money flowing, and but like shit happens, right?" And so like, what's happened now is kind of like so you're worse. not you're not upset at all. You're not you don't. I'm I'm a little upset, but at the same time, we're frustrated. 
Not really, because I had stocks. I was participating in stocks during COVID, and I sold those at a profit. And because I, I saw them turning, and I was like, yeah. you had a lot of dividends too. Yeah, but I, I saw them turning, so I sold all my stocks, and I'm like, I see where this is going. These are dropping, and they've been dropping for a long time. Can you ask? Can I ask you one quick question? Because you told me some really great things that I already knew, but I forgot all about. Um, in terms of uh, diversification, but you were telling me about medical stocks and stocks that give you dividends regardless if they go up and down. Why was Pfizer and why is it still the same price, but they're disseminating vaccinations for, for uh, yeah. Well, what's that about? Like, do you yeah, know? when stocks stabilize like that, yeah, and they don't go up or down too much. Honestly, I don't know. Um, usually, like higher dividend stocks kind of suppress the stock price because most of those profits go to dividends and not into the share price. Mm-hmm. So usually like high dividend stocks, you're not going to see like crazy price appreciation, which is why like in tech, you see crazy price appreciation, but you get no dividends. But you're getting that appreciation, right? And so there's more risk in the tech, but there's more upside. Um, on dividend stocks, it tends to be kind of like uh, predictable because of the dividend and so you know you're going to get this amount of money in this period of time over time and the dividends change sometimes but that also caps the price appreciation right because most of the profits the company makes gets paid to to shareholders right via dividends whereas like in tech the profit they make is reflected in the share price and the investors are benefited off owning the share price because of the profits they make so that's kind of why like dividend paying stocks or like higher dividend paying stocks will be kind of like suppressed or flat and not go up a lot over time as opposed to, to other stocks. Can you tell us your, uh, your high, your, uh, I guess your, your stock high, like your, 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 um, your biggest win story that you had during the pandemic? Um, and I feel like we still So like AMC, I played that game and I made like a lot of money on that and I lost it all. It was like 32 G's in one. In like a few hours. How did you lose all that? Over trading. Hmm. So like you make it, right? And so like when it's easy, it's easy come, easy go, right? So you make it really fast and you're like, all right, so this must be how it is. And then, so with that, actually, I made 32 grand and then I held it overnight. And that's when actually this is what actually happened. So like it went up and I was up 32 and then. I was like, I'm going to hold it because this is going to run kind of like GameStop. And then I held it overnight. And then that evening, Robinhood decided to halt sell order. They, they, they halted buy orders. And so oh, anybody yeah. who held overnight got fucked because all you could do was sell. They stopped the buying. Like you couldn't buy. Like they stopped the buy orders. So... There was only selling pressure. Oh yeah, that, I remember the game stuff. And yeah, and so, so, I, so and tell it, us about the game stuff. Yeah, and I held it how much night because I knew it was gonna go up. How much were you getting? Not not on GameStop. I only play, I played AMC, and that was at thirty two G's. But I put I put puts on it just in case it would do some shit like that. So tell and people so what AMC stock. So they can know. AMC theaters. Okay. So AMC theaters that we. But that was the whole GameStop fiasco with Robinhood and them stopping trading on those assets. So what made you invest in AMC? Because I was following, I was following the market. 
and I knew what was going to happen because you, you saw their GameStop, and then you knew AMC was heavily shorted, and then at that time, you just kind of knew volume was chasing all these stocks. Right. And at the time, I looked at AMC, and I was like, okay, it's $4. What's, <laughs> what's the downside? Yeah, it was in my All right, it goes to $1 maybe, Probably it was three but dollars. I'm buying where it is now, before hype, after hype. It, this like, is the base price. Like so I was like, all right, easy work. You buy it, you buy options on it, you know the volume's gonna come and it's gonna go up. I feel like I lose every time I go to Chipotle. <laughs> Chipotle. And I so I chose Chick-fil-A, Chipotle. Same way mixture. <laughs> and that's why I got in. And it worked out at first, but like Do you think that's gonna happen again right now? I mean, obviously so. Well you has has to be. Well the market, like AMC's been going up lately. And so like the market Because everyone wants to go to the movies. And they have well, some, they it's have not TVs. even like AMC stock is completely uncorrelated to like the business right now. It's 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 straight up. A meme they were hurting stock. though. It's a meme stock. We got a couple. Uh, we got well, a couple no, of emails. Pe- people are playing AMC stock because it's not like it doesn't move. It's uncorrelated to the right. to the business fundamentals. The business fundamentals of AMC are not equal to what the stock I just thought I feel, I feel like when AMC was crying about people ain't going to movies and I think I got something to my digital desk about that and I was like oh it's like you want to you know buy a movie ticket which was normally $60 so you got the popcorn large popcorn a drink it's like 60 bucks for two people so it's like what do you think are some of those other stocks that are going to reflect um, that are reflective like, like AMC like like what do you mean like, are there any other stocks like AMC that you think we should look out for? Um, Types of stocks and categories if you want to be too, uh, you know, transparent. I mean, AMC is kind of like one of a kind, like kind of like with GameStop. Well, I told you about Roku. And I feel like Roku, and Roku went ham and then also tanked. The whole what's, market tanked. But what's Roku tanking? Because you got it for, what, 60 bucks? You know, when it's 175 No, no, no. Yeah, to something. Everybody had a Roku TV, and we still do. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy, plug and play. Roku but crazy. So you think the best stocks to buy, and the best? What about the best cryptos that you feel are easier for people to understand? And also, I was gonna ask you real quick before we go. People, um, I'm talking to people who are, and we've we have podcasts of different people who are doing um, cannabis. Uh, Online shops, you know, yeah. they're also doing uh, with crypto, they're all, or metaverses with crypto, like uh, no, um, cannabis and Canaland. Um, that's one of my previous uh, podcasts. What do you think about like uh, other things, like some of the other things coming, like the games, some of those crypto games? Honestly, I still have to. I haven't really articulated what's going on with that. Um, but that's also an interesting concept because a lot of the stuff you do online via video games, you're like buying stuff to have like special access. Yeah. Like I play Forza, so you have to like buy Porsche to like drive the Porsches. Right. Exactly. Right? But you don't own them. Like you pay the it's company a and the company gets the money and then they still own what you bought. You just get to use it. Right. So it's kind of like renting. Right. Um, and so like, What's kind of going on, there's like a game like, I forgot what it's called, Star Atlas. I think it's Star Atlas with like Solana. 
we actually, when you buy the stuff in the video game, you own it. And when you get rid of it, you sell it to someone else and you get your money back. Whereas once you buy... Are you selling it for the same price or a little more or a little less? I don't know how the market works. So yeah, I know. maybe you get what you pay for. Maybe you get more. I don't know. It's a developing market. But if you did that same thing and like, let's say Grand Theft Auto, like once you buy it on the game, the game still owns it. And then you have it only when you play that game, right? Mm-hmm. And so but you can't resell it. It's done. Like you're not getting your money back. You can't resell it. So with this, it. you're vested. You it's can done. take it with you. Yeah. And so like in these games, you're kind of owning digital property, which is the whole concept. Um, well, there's some other games that, that like, because you're owning what you're using in the game, actually, like you would in real life, like when you buy a car, right? You can resell the car. What do you think about? Because we were talking about this earlier, real fast. What do you say? What do you What do you say to people um, or uh, software engineers, the companies who are building? these metaverse spaces and allowing it to be an easier way to get into it. Because sometimes when I want to mint or do something, it's like, you know, Coinbase falls to pieces, metaverse, MetaMask, it's just too much. So they're thinking of doing something where it's connecting to your Google account or your, you know, however you, you know, your Apple account. And do you think that's something we should do? Because you know, they already have a lot of information. I mean, everything's like very, like all this shit's like really, very new and so like crypto started with bitcoin just as a store of value Mm -hmm. of just like a decentralized payment platform where i can send money from like me to you without the bank instant finality the values transferred between us that's it via the network nobody's involved nobody has to approve it it's not censored i can send you whatever i want it's instant but what about people that feel like it's so, crazy? Like, uh, do you, in order for people to get onto these platforms, do you feel that we should have like some, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I forget what they call it. But um, you know, like a, like a Google account. Do you feel like you can link some of these cryptos or some of these games? They're thinking about linking into a crypto, I mean, a Google account or to your uh, Apple account. Do you feel like and so safe? What, does that feel safe to you? And so what's, what's going to happen is like you have wallets. Yeah. Right. And now people are starting to use their Google Wallet for some of these metaverse accounts, these gaming accounts. Do you feel that's safe to you? I mean, I'm sure that's safe because it's technically Web 2. But eventually, like, your wallet will be, like, your single sign-on. Um, whether it's, like, a Solana wallet, Ethereum, or whatever. You'll have, like, a wallet that connects to the network. And you'll use that as your identity online. Because it's encrypted. But it's yours, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a wallet address. It's yours. You own it. Like that. there's so much stuff going on. With that the piece of the internet. Some of those wallets is like wallet one, two, three. This Voyager. It's just so much going on. Yeah. So that that's yours though. So, so like when, for the record, before I forget, I know people want to know what what are your wallets or your brands of wallets you use. So like right now, like Solana, I have a Solflare wallet. And so, like, the Solana I have in there is, like, my Solana. You know what I mean? It's hosted by Soulflare, but let's say say the exchange or that wallet company 
like just stops working working or whatever right so then i have a private key right so i have a key to those coins like those coins are mine and i have a key to it and where do you keep your ledger and so whether that app works do you have a ledger in the do you have a ledgers in the black box um i don't i don't have a ledger i just have it on this i just have it on software (laughs) and then that was the bottle that dropped ladies and gentlemen i was like (laughs) no we're just chilling out um but yeah, so like, <clears throat> I should get a ledger. That's like the safest way to hold your crypto. Is to hold it on. Who's like the best system. ledger that you think that we should invest in? Well, ledger. It's called ledger. Well, there's other one. One. Like that's the company. No, the Nano Ledger. Yeah. Um, but that's the one that you would want to use. Yeah, I mean, um, let's just name some of the ones that you feel are like top. That you feel I think like it's Nano Ledger. Honestly. Um, and I still need to get one, but that's like where you can hold uh, your crypto safely, like off exchanges. You own it; it's yours, um, no matter what. So now we're at the stage with this monkeypox. We're going through this recession. Let's call it like it is. Are we in a recession? Do you feel? Or... Yeah, people are saying it, and I and I kind of feel it. Um, how do you feel it though? Are I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like I feel it via the markets, honestly. I feel it via the markets. Like you feel it in the markets. You feel it in real life. You feel it in real life. Yeah. Well, how, well, that's what I was gonna ask you. Well, real life, how do you feel it? How do you feel it in real life? Like in so, real, like because in real life, I feel like I'm no longer like an ethnic person. I feel like I'm a part of a class. Yeah, and so like in real life, if you think about like gas prices, for instance. Yeah. Like, who's driving? I, I have no issue like affording gas and, and whatnot, right? But you can't think about like you. So like, you think about like people, maybe even youngsters or whoever who's working, making the same wage they were like two years ago, but then the gas prices jump a hundred percent. Right. So you can't even get. So the- now like your regular expense is just jumped a hundred percent. And so that, or maybe even two hundred. Yeah, in Los Angeles, it looked pretty. Uh, yeah, it dumb. went from like three something to like six something, right? Mm-hmm. So like a hundred percent increase on like what your eight? Ga- on your gas. Eight, eight, it was eight dollars on. Yeah, and we went up to like. Oh, that was just that one last station in Beverly Hills. Yeah. yeah. And so then your gas expense, depending on how far you drive and your commute to work, is increased by like a hundred percent. So, so in, like wait, when, wait, wait, so in LA when you. Before I forget, when you're going, because to, to me, your commute to work is not only your gas price, it should also be your wind, your windshield time. So that time and energy wasted underneath, you know, that windshield. Yeah. Was that extended too? Did you feel, or you got to work faster? Or are you still- No, it's just like, when like you fill up your tank and it costs like twice as much. But you got to work the same time that you left from home to work. Was well, yeah, you're making the same money, right? Was it? I'm saying in terms of the the transportation, the time transportation. I mean, everything's the same. Okay, because some people were um, experiencing traffic jams. Some yeah, people. I mean traffic jams. Because well, it's like if you live in if you live in a certain area and you it takes you thirty minutes to get to work, and then now it takes you forty five, maybe an hour. Plus, you gotta get gas for you know you you normally pay forty dollars for that gas. Yeah. Now you gotta pay eighty, 80. Up to a hundred. It's insane. And then, was that for one week or Because gas, so like the, the peak of the gas price 
I feel like it was like a month. So it was like going up. It was bubbling up for a good like from like November to July, wow. I think. Yeah, because I've been going back and forth. Yeah. For like almost a year, it was kind of like bubbling up, bubbling up, and then it peaked. Like it ballooned up like around July. Um, no, June. It, it ballooned up in June. So how far is your workspace from where you reside? Uh, a few miles. So since you saw these gas prices going up, you you didn't take heed to what I told you about the e-bikes and the new world of that because there's so no, many. No, I mean, but the get like the the, the the my commute's like literally nothing in traffic, and then I was like, honestly, I was using Eco Pro, like so I put Eco Pro on at one point. Cause I was like flying through tanks and I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> so then I put Ego Pro on and I was like, oh, I actually saved a lot of gas with this. So it actually became, and I'm like a car enthusiast and I, I like driving fast and feeling the torque. And travel. <laughs> and I can afford gas, but like, I was even like, well, maybe I should just chill a little bit. And, and so ride I, your bike. Doing this. Yeah, but like, I think it from my perspective, but then there's people in, in not as great situations who are also paying the double price. Right. And, and, that's, and, that's, who it, and that's who it hits the most, right? Where, where their gas expense, whether it's like both the mom and dad, or like and who knows if they have kids. Or, who knows? Or multi-generational family. With the, yeah, their gas mother. price increased. So then that's a huge hit, right? And so that, that takes money from other areas of the economy. And so that kind of causes a recession a little bit, right? So as it, a new father too, because it kills the man. As a new dad, your son is one now. One yeah, and Craig, congrats on him. Beautiful baby, everybody. Just check out his baby on uh, Aunt Fit, Aunt underscore Fit, or on Instagram. Yeah. Follow him. But um, yeah, Aunt has a beautiful baby son. He's uh beautiful, Miss West. And um, how like how how has that impacted your entertainment with you and as a family unit, you and the mom and the baby. Have you guys been doing the same thing, or have you guys been? Yeah, I mean, it didn't really. Is that you? I mean, you guys go back and forth overseas too. Yeah, it didn't impact me much. All the price movements. It did make me conscious. Mm -hmm. Um. So I did pay attention to it. So at first, I kind of didn't. And then when you you know when you start filling up, and you're like, yeah. That's why, crazy. why is this right. fucking it just didn't make sense and you're just like all right well like let me chill on the gas pedal right. that even if i can afford it it's like it's not worth That's it true. right yeah. so then you're like all right i i gotta chill when i drive home like i can't just like drive how i want and so it made me conscious of what i was doing so it was enough to make me conscious right and so then i also know that like even as a, like a teenager when i first started driving like i didn't have no money but like i was getting gas and stuff and you got to think about like that demographic and you got to think about the demographic that's like paycheck to paycheck with normal gas prices and then their gas prices doubled, right? Right. And so that affects their lives like big time. Um, and so that caused like a whole stir up and that was kind of like, I feel like the, the huge factor in like all the inflation numbers that were coming out. And that was also affecting the price of like equities, right? Like stocks and stuff. Cause like oil was putting pressure on stocks cause um, it was creating inflation, which 
So you still don't like, you still are not a fan of these e-cars or the electric vehicles one day? I mean, not, not really. But do you, I mean, have you driven a lot of them besides the ones we've test drove as a company? Have you I mean, yeah. I mean, they're cool. But they're the way of the future. They're the way of the future. There's a lot of car companies that have cars that, that are, uh, you know, they're going into the 700 to 800 horsepower range. Yeah, no, I'm sure they're dumb fast. Like, I get it. You and just it, miss that. Might, you like that, that naturally exasperated engine. That and, and it might make me change my mind, right? I might change my mind. So what would make you happy about driving, a, I guess, an EV? If it had, like, some electronic so like, noise to it. So, like, when I, when I drive a car, right? Like, yeah. what do I like? I like the gears, right? There's no gears in electric cars. It's just one gear, just tools. So, you so like you the gears. Do you want gears or pedal shifters? No, but you like the shift of the gears. You like pulling through the gears. You like to be able to downshift for engine braking. You like the exhaust, right? There's a whole so synchrony think, of so like you, how the engine works. Yeah, that's true. So you can, and it's beautiful. And then, and it's beautiful. Yeah, because it's like, it's engineering, it's right? And you're like, it's oh, timeless. fuck, right? Yeah, it's timeless. And so, so then you go electric and it's just, <laughs> and everything is, right. it's one gear. Or sometimes you don't hear anything. Yeah, or nothing. You don't even know, you don't even know what the car is on. Yeah. So then there's so, just one gear. And then you're just like, all right, that's fun. It takes off. But there's something about being able to manip- manipulate the gears, to manipulate the speed. So do you think they should invent, uh, and more of these EVs, some um, some kind of like announced exhaust or enunciated exhaust system. Not unless it's like not unless it's not necessary. Like you don't want unnecessary. Like even with what F type R. But even with the new cars, F type R at one point the uh, F was F type. Yeah, F type the little convertible, the two door uh, yeah. Jaguar. The R version was like six hundred horsepower, right? Yeah. Right? And they had a button. That yeah, you can enunciate the exhaust. So why not? But, but you also know that there's a reason for that because there's exhaust gases coming out. Mm-hmm. So like to like one of noise from an electric car. That but you it's, know is but not, still, that's what it does. Like to but me, it's I know just it, like it's not make like you know like why it's coming out, and yeah, they can tune it so it does like <laughs> bah, 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 and all that. But you know, it's like a it's a byproduct of like it's artificial. But you know, yeah, but you know the exhaust is a byproduct of what's going on in the and engine. engine. Right. And so then you appreciate it. And you appreciate the noise and how it comes out. Well, also and, the amplification. And how well it's engineered, right? Well, I'm just, I want to clarify about the, the artificialness is through the, the, ampl- the amplification button. That's what I was saying. Yeah, they open up the, the pipes, right? Yeah, and yeah. it makes it louder. And they push it through the speaker system sometimes. Right? sometimes yeah. I mean, even I don't like that either. It's fun, though, because you can hear it in the, in the actual uh, cabin. I know, but when your when your windows are so, what are some of your favorite your favorite things that you think we should, um, or favorite things in general about crypto that we should, or do you have any readings, any resources that we can use? So, like, I watch a lot of like uh, Raul Paul, who's like a macro investor, and uh, I follow a lot of his stuff. I'm also on Twitter a lot, but like Twitter can get kind of. confusing and extreme on like viewpoints and uh and then you can get lost in that um but like Raul Paul kind of just says things in plain English like he's not trying to sway you he's just telling you what it is in terms of like information and charts 
and where we're at in cycles and previous cycles and what's happening with like adoption of like the network and kind of breaks down the crypto phenomenon mm-hmm. from like a price perspective and then kind of gives you more insight to like what's going on. Cause like when the price drops, you're like, what's going on? I don't know. Like, where are we? Like where can prices go? Right. They're going to go back. I mean, they can't, they can't go even further down. Right. Yeah. I mean, they up. can do whatever. Right. Like, they can go back up eventually. Right. Eventually they go up. Right. Why? Eventually. So like, if you don't need the money, you just let it sit and, and that's the game. Right. Um, but with crypto, it's like a lot of boom and bust, but like he kind of has all these charts and information that kind of like guide you of where we're at and like where it's good pine Can prices. you spell his name phonetically? So when people that listen to I think to it's it. R-A-O-U-L. And what do you listen to now? YouTube? On YouTube. Yeah. And then he has an Instagram. I mean, he has a podcast as well. It's Real Vision. So like Real Vision is and so he has other people on there as well as himself but he kind of explains things very thoroughly and um, it's easy to understand and it's not it's not like selling you anything he's telling you his viewpoints based off the information he sees on on charts on, on money flow on macro he's been an investor for a long time so he can kind of Kind of knows how things play out. Generally, nothing plays out the same. Is he very? Is he very? Uh, is he terse and to the point? Is he? Is he? He speaks in layman's terms. Basically, yeah. Like if you're familiar with like macro, well, a lot of people, like if you're like vaguely familiar with like finance terms, then yeah. Like I tried to show it to Moira, and she's like, "You can find, yeah, macro, you can find, like, yeah." I don't know. Like you just get lost. So if like you're interested in the space, it's easy to. Well, a lot of people right now. Uh, you know, not going to college. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of money and it's expensive. So, is there another uh, resource that you have as well that's an, another option that we can? I mean, mainly like how I look for stuff or how I found Solana in particular was a client of mine because he worked in crypto and, and he told me about Solana and I was at the time only invested in like Ethereum. Bitcoin, because those are the two, right? Like, nothing else. And then he was like, Solana. And at that time, I didn't really, like, listen to him. And I was like, all right, yeah, Solana. It's a little expensive. It was like, I don't know, 30 or dollars The price it is at now. Like, it's the same price now yeah, when right. he told me. It's still dropping. And I was like, effect- I don't know. Did he get like, affected by the crash? Yeah, Ethereum went up from, like. No, it's not Solana. Oh, Solana, yeah. It's went up 30 bucks. It went up to 250. It came all the way back down to 30. 28. I feel like. So, the- like, if you look at all the charts on equities, they all reversed the last two years again. Even stocks. Carvana, like Apple, like any stock you can think of, they kind of almost reversed all of the pandemic history. And they all came back to... This is so interesting to me, too. Yeah, and they all came back to 2020 levels. Wow. Everything, like, almost everything. Like, if you look at all the charts, almost everything reversed the last two years. I think the interesting the interesting thing is, is because we had a digression about the cars. And to me, just to make that make sense to everyone when we spoke about it, um, that car, the, automo- the automotive market, it reminds me of fiat versus crypto. 
So, you know, EV versus gas. Yeah. Or, you know. I, I mean, yeah, like, the whole thing with... But yeah. I, feel, I feel like the only, how, the only reason or how a car is going to maintain that Mopar engine is, is because it gives you the Mopar results, <laughs> you know? It's exhilaration. It's, you know, it's pure as... Yeah. Pure. And so, like, I mean, I know people who, like, went to, like, Tesla... They love it. It's fast, right? Well, it depends on what, which one you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like some of those ones have uh, governors in them. And they're, and they're super fast. And I remember back in the day. And they're breaking down. Ago with DP. On TikTok, a lot of people. Are I drove this hybrid. And that well, what about TikTok? What do people detest this? Are they still breaking down like they say? Or no? I don't know. A lot of people say that shit. But, like, but I don't honestly, see it. Like, I don't, I don't know. It. Yeah. And I drove a Tesla maybe like once or twice. Do you feel like a lot of people that drive or purchase EV cars, is there a direct correlation with the buyer of that with uh, crypto? No, I think it's just like gas prices. Mm-hmm. I think gas prices have a small influence. And then also, um, I think it's just like a trend, right? So it's like you go electric, you don't have to buy gas, right? It's electric. And you get tax credits sometimes. You get tax credits, right? So they incentivize it, right? So you get like subsidies and stuff. So like then you don't have so then you're incentivized to get an electric car because it's green. And then maybe you're cognizant of the environment and you're like, all right, I want to go green, I'll get an electric car. And it's fast, and Tesla's kind of like the go-to for that in terms of like the look and like I feel like they it depends like, on it depends on the color and yeah, but they they run that down for like if you the have a Mercedes, Tesla, like oh. the new Mercedes and like there's a lot of other cars. But all the companies are the coming, new, the coming new, fast. The new Lexus the RZ, Porsche Taycan, and the, all that. The Lexus RZ. There's also um, there's a lot of cars. Even Polestar yeah. Star Five is a gorgeous car. Yeah, you know, I mean they're coming for like like they, Tesla was the first mover. I just wish I just wish that everybody would just came together and and I can see why. Um, based on the recent happenings of Elon Musk, but I feel like it would have been great if Elon would have been able to patent and sell that engine and build off that with all these companies together. I mean, of course, you know, it is what it is because it then becomes a monopoly. Yeah. But we're in a situation where everybody's trying to, you know, they're doing I-formula races to figure this out. Kind of like we are doing these races, you know, during this pandemic and these downtrodden times, racing to these crypto markets and these stock markets to get some stocks that we never ever had some people never bought stocks before yeah um, have. yeah so it's like a you know so uh it is what it is so now that you know everything um and you and you're doing all this is there any words of advice you would give to people besides what you already gave us before um moving forward in this new age economy that we're in um, are there, are maybe three little quick pointers that you can give people Cause you're not a financial, you know. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, not but at the same time, you, 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 know how to. I mean, manage, I do it, right? Your money. Yeah, you do. So like, I do it right, and then you realize a lot. Like nowadays, we kind of all have access to similar information, or we can find access to information. And then at that point, like the details don't really matter, right? So you just want to have like a, a simplicity rule when it comes to like investing. Or anything, right? It's what, not, it's what's not that complicated. Rule? What's that rule for you? And so, like, find, like, companies that you like, that you use regularly, that you see other people use regularly, 
is usually a good sign if they're a public company. Usually, obviously the financials can be mis- like all over the place, but usually that's a good sign that you know they've penetrated the market and you can probably get a positive return on that investment if you invest in them. Um, and the idea behind investing is just to like buy and just hold. So like whatever company you buy, just expect that money to be gone. Although it's never like nothing goes to zero usually in the companies that whatever you follow, but like I think most of the companies that we all use probably won't go to zero. And so they're somewhat safe investments, but is that you have to hold for the long term, right? So you buy them and you hold them and you accumulate positions in those companies that you like, right? Of things that you use. And for instance, iPhone, right? Like Apple's a no-brainer. Well, Apple's available in America, but let's be honest, the last two years, no one's selling cell phones and a lot of electronics has been Samsung. And Samsung, according to Ted, not me, um, makes 70% of the iPhone hardware yeah or they're responsible for that yeah but now some of the online phones on samsung including the one i have um i can actually opt to get ios or windows or a google android yeah so they're more flexible right yeah and so solana came out with the phone and they're on android right because they have the flexibility um doing different things whereas like ios is like a closed system right and it's encrypted can't you can't do nothing. So like Apple's done that and they're known for that. Um, but everybody usually like for the most part, I know more people with iPhones than I do with Androids. And so and that also reflects in the share price of Apple, right? So it's been up like three hundred percent in the last five years. And so you could have tripled your money. In the last five years doing nothing but just investing in Apple, right? And so I made the mistake of being too involved in the markets and following too many of the moves and getting out of positions too early instead of just being exposed to the stocks you believe in. Because you're trying to like buy lower or miss or like dodge a downturn. And you also you it seems like you're connected to a lot of people who have access and to information. Yeah, so, like, with the crypto market, I met one guy, and then, like, I have other clients, like, all of my clients, I can't say all of them. Well, you got to make sure you you know what a client is for you, so people don't, (laughs) because you you contribute to us, you contribute stories to us, but what are your your clients? I don't want people to think you're a financial. Oh, no, like, personal training. So, like, personal training, my clients usually are, like, well off, and they have, like, you know, good positions in whatever industry they're in. Um, and they give and, you tips. And so they, they and talk vice about, versa. and sometimes they talk about like how down they are or how up they are, but they're in the market, right? So they have exposure. Um, and one client I have, I remember a while back, he was, he was like, man, I think it was 2018 actually. He's like, fuck, I'm down so much. And you'll say like three, I'm down like 300,000. And then the market rebounds. Doesn't say how much he's up, right? And then this next downturn, he's like, fuck, I'm down like 600000 
But, like, the downsides might have been doubled, but so are the upsides, right? And so, like, he didn't really move much, but now he was down 600000 on probably a lot more of a price appreciation doing nothing. And he mostly, like, what I understand is, like, he's heavily invested in Tesla, and Tesla, since 2020, has, like, 10, 20x. Like, insane. And so, like, you kind of, like, see all these things and, like, you scope the market and a good idea, like, diversification sometimes, depending on who you talk to, is, like, they'll say diversification is, um, it depends. it's a waste of time. It depends. Right? Because you, you want to concentrate your performance. Well, do those people have a family? Do they have kids? Yeah, so it depends, right? So right. it's all, it's all, it's all people, contextual. Those people that you're talking to, do they have a family? Yeah, so, do like, they, have they children, don't, right? Do they have children? No, so okay, then exactly. So then they can concentrate their portfolio. So they go away and they disappear out of the blue. And like certain things, right? Yeah. So like concentration of a portfolio is important as well. But I feel like um, if you see companies and my problem was like I was like, oh, I need to concentrate my money. So like I want to concentrate it in like the thing I think is the best. Instead of like diversifying, I want to concentrate it in one thing. Instead of being like, oh, I could have put like some money here. Because and I also believe in this, some money here. <laughs> and then technically, when the market moves up, everything right. moves up, right? So when the market's on an upswing, all stocks are going up, right? Mm -hmm. And so like it's not about picking a winner. You can pick anything, literally, because when the market turns, do you agree up. with it? Do you obviously agree with them with non-diversifying? Yeah. yeah, you have to concentrate, right? But now you have, but not, but you do have to concentrate. But now you have, you have a small one year old and a little baby, and so what do you, what are your, how does that make you feel? Same thing or no? Because I mean, we have access to uh, personal wealth managers and people who actually can get us involved in whole life and life insurance and you know life, you know life insurance policies and yeah. all different kind of so as far as municipal like, bonds is you know. There's so many different products out there right now. Of course, municipal bonds are local in your region, your area, whatever. But, you know, there's, uh, there's so many things. Like even, um, you know, IRAs, Roth IRAs. So, like, far, as far as, like, my investment philosophy. Right. Since I had a kid. Yeah, I want to hear that it's, versus it's, it's, then, now. It's actually even more aggressive. Why? Because you want to make sure you have a legacy. And so, like, at this point, I'm like, all right, I put this much money in. And, and that's the thing with holding. It's like you have to hold to see it come to fruition. Like even with the ups and downs, because everything goes up and, up and down. And a lot of like big investors kind of reference Amazon going down. I think they say for like five years, it went down like 90% or 70. What is Amazon right now? It went up like 50 to 6500 It was 2500 at one point during the pandemic. Yeah, it came down because they did stock split. And it came oh, down. yeah, that's why they did stock so it could be affordable. Yeah, so it came down to like 100-something. And then I remember one of my clients asked me, because they know like, I'm in the markets a lot. And they're like, oh, the stock split's happening. Should I get some? And I had, I had had some. And I was like, yeah, it's a good buy long term. But I was like, yeah, like, inflation's crazy right now. Gas prices are high. So that's why it's so low. It's like a scary time right now. But... Amazon's cheap because it's been a sell-off. So, like, I feel like you should buy it. It could go lower, but, like, 
You just got to hold it. And so she bought it. I think it was like 10 grand worth. Almost at the lows of the recent crash. Um, and now she's up. And so what I was telling her about inflation, and gas prices and whatnot. And, and the cost then, of living. Yeah. And I, and I hit her up and I was like, I was like, Amazon. And then she was like, yeah. She's like, oh my God, I should have bought more when it went lower. And I was like, that's the name of the game. Like, you're always going to feel like that. Like, you should have bit more. But you don't know it's all hindsight, right? It's after the fact. But if it kept going lower, you would have been like, fuck, I shouldn't have bought this much. But, as a but young, when it goes up, you're like, I wish I would have bought more. Right. So it's. But, as a, but, but the one thing. But it's is, Amazon, right? Right. They ain't going on. It's Amazon. At this point. So then, and, and then what she said, which is simple, you just want to simplify things when you're investing. Because there's going to be a lot of fucking doomsday stuff out there. And she's like, oh, as soon as gas prices went down, Amazon went up. Like, I noticed. And that's because I put her on game. I was like, yo, like, inflation's crazy. Gas prices are nuts. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to put pressure on stocks. Cost and then she realized it. And she Cost was like, she was like, dang, when gas prices went down, Amazon went up. And it was like a simple correlation. A very simple correlation, right? Because gas prices put strains on everybody. Right, companies and also UPS, Amazon, and everyone needs gas. And the grocery purge, the purge of groceries. You need gas. Like I'm I'm like just a little slap, the slap of salmon. It pinches everybody. At Trader Joe's, normally with six bucks, because you need a boat, or you need a plane, you need transport, and that takes gas. Yeah, and so higher gas prices pinches everybody. Everybody, right? And so as soon as those goes down, inflation will go down. The cost won't carry to the consumer. What about much. groceries for you and your family? How's that? How's that affected your investment now? Um, like I don't really think about the cost of groceries too much. Does that? Do you think that affects the uh, what you're talking about in terms of stock market investment? But yeah, so like the expense gets carried over to the consumer. Yeah, yeah. So if gas prices go up, and then because everybody right, keeps the delivery yeah, goes up, right? Yeah. And so they have to offset that expense, and then that's why prices go up and, and goods, right? So you have to pay more because. Whoever delivered it has to pay more for gas, right? So it's it's a carried cost. Will you you will you, be will you be surprised? Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. sometimes, sometimes people inflate those. Prices. Sometimes it can be inflated it can be because coaching, of the, and yeah, like right. whatever. So like a lot of gas stations basically bought like gas <laughs> right. before the price increase, and they were selling it at the new price, right? And so they were gouging and they made record profits. And right, because yeah. right? normally they make money off the concessions. Yeah, right? which doesn't last long, right. so that'll go down. But so gas has been going down. So inflation should reflect, and so stocks are starting to recover more. Um, regardless of all the noise you hear, like that's kind of what will happen. So what do you um, say? Obviously, to- it'll be shaky because everybody's like inflation. Right. It's crazy. And people don't understand the more we sh- the more we um the more we stress each other out about yeah. that. And they and they refer to like the nineteen eighties when inflation was right. Like, and I'm like, yo, there was no Apple back then. Right. It's not making record profits. Nobody worked for their phone. It's, it's a different world. It's just a different time. World. So you can't compare the market no to TikTok. the 2008 market. Right, there's no TikTok in 2008. Yeah, I mean, there's it's just a whole different economy. whole other world. Yeah. And like the inflation's from a different reason. That's you talking about Western Union. And there's kind of a housing <laughs> collapse. Not really. Prices are coming down. It's not housing what, collapse. It depends on what market you're in. Right. So it's just like so California. I know. So there's a lot of noise out there. Yeah. And basically, you can just look like gas prices come down, inflation's gonna come down. As simple as that. Like that's where the consumer sees it the most. Because you have to travel. That's that's where you hit the most, right? And and that'll get carried off what, all what other about things. The new, what about the new gen society that we have coming out? Like a lot of Gen Z, like my like any 12-year-olds, like my son Lennox, 
he's going fast with 13 to him. The thing is, is a lot of these kids, they don't, you know, they, they look, they're living in an economy where you get everything at your fingertips. You know, from your app, from your phone, they talk to your friends on their phone, they play Xbox with people they don't even know overseas. Um, it's kind of like a lot going on. So it's like basically by the time he gets, you know, 14, which is next week, <laughs> it's like, what, what do you, what do you think he has to look forward to? Because right now it's like, I don't know, like, it's a lot going on. Do you think we should prepare our kids or talk, try to, our best to talk to our kids or prepare for the moment when you have, you know, meet your 13 year old version of your son? I mean, it sounds like it's a long time from now, basically. I mean, I mean, I guess it all depends, right? Um, kids have different interests, but I feel like, you know, I was into video games, but I feel like that's like an entry to going online now. And then like having that access to other people and friends kind of incentivizes you to go online to meet your friends. You don't necessarily have to go outside. And so that's like where this whole digital stuff is coming from. Right, it's coming not, it's not coming from us, particularly, right. even though we're online all the time, like our generation, our age group, but it's increasingly happening with the younger generation. And, and that's where all this is spurring, right? Well, that's what it's for. Yeah. It's for them. Well, it's for anyone who's, it's for... Yeah, I mean, it's for us. It's for anybody who's interested. They're growing up with that, right? They're growing up with it, so you're knowledgeable of it, too. Yeah, I I am. So you you can do two things. You can get old and sit on the couch and watch TV, or you can adopt to the technology that's before you and put your glasses on. Yeah, I mean, like, that's (laughs) what I'm doing. And then, but, like, kids growing up natively with that and, like, seeing this stuff and just the availability of information now... It's, it's just infinite. like yeah. insane. It's infinite. Like, whatever you're interested in, you can find it online in a matter of seconds and get taught. Milliseconds. So it's just it's just a different, very different. But it's so interesting you say that because you know we have an amazing internship program, and young people ask me all the time how to do this and that, and you know, uh, it, it, it's like people don't even like. The internet is at your fingertips, but some of us still don't use it. Some of us still don't use it as a resource to even Google, uh, you know, a synonym for word. Yeah. And it's kind of, um, it's like, come on, come on. Like so, sometimes when I'm like that, I'm like, well, Google. Like, and we, do, like, do we really, do we really need an app for everything? Like, do we really need an app to find a synonym for word? Like, you should be able to say, you know. Think about it. Right? Yeah, come on. Have or, just, or just put it on, you know. You know, the word bottle, synonym on Google, it comes right up. So it's like, I feel like everybody's so used to these app interfaces, giving you this the information quick and easy yeah. in the presentation. But you don't hold anything. Yeah. So it's no, like, you don't like store any information. Yeah. And you're just like, well, I'll find it if I need it. But people are so you doing that. People are not doing that. And you're going to college. Like I have, you know, like I said before, we have interns. They ask the simplest questions. And they're amazing interns, by the way. But some of the, they can do amazing things. By the way, yeah. But when it comes to simple things, a lot of us, including myself, you know, I don't like to mint. I told you that, and, and I have access and resources to learn how to do that. But I don't have to. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like there's a cost. I mean, me too. And there's I a cost benefit analysis to everything. Yeah. Do I want to sit at this computer all day and do that one thing? It's just, yeah, I don't. So, but thank you so much, Anthony, for tuning. You know, ch- chilling with me and. Um, on this little brief stopover in LA in our live workspace in Central LA near the biggest complex, luxury complex called Cumulus 
across from this uh, area we are in. It's just amazing to see LA grow into uh, a mighty metropolis and see New York um, become something more magnificent than it was before. Uh, and thank you, and I appreciate your time and energy today. Thanks, appreciate it.